Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swagoy Gaming. My name is Bill Grennan. Everyone calls me Brasky, and today I am joined by the mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, and in extrad, Nick Price. What's up, fam? What's up? What's up? Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, episode 60, take two. Uh, is what is what we are calling this one right now because electric boogaloo electric boogaloo episode 60 take two electric boogaloo what is electric boogaloo well it's not a new magic card what it is is us uh making a making a new episode 60 you might say what do you mean new episode 60 brasky there was never a original episode 60 well little did you know it it was it it was was the best episode ever (laughs) it was the best one ever and it was lost to the abyss that is the internet. It was so good, Nick. It was amazing. You weren't on it. Nick. <laughs> and I, I, I will say, Nick, uh, I think it might have, perhaps it was the fact that you weren't on it, that uh, the internet ate it. It just, yeah. it literally ate it up. That's, That's what, what happens. <laughs> so now we are, so now we are back okay. this week with a good Technically, episode. it only ate one of the three podcast hosts audio. So you could release it with just minus one person's audio. This is true. This is true. For our listeners. It would just that- be really weird. Yeah, for our listeners that are maybe not in the know about this, we we record uh, we record the podcast where we have three separate tracks, and then I can stitch them together and call it good. Uh, what ended up happening is that the internet ate Caroline's vocal track. So when I downloaded all of the tracks to put together, all we had was Nicole and Brasky, and Caroline was nowhere to be found. And I don't know if you know this, but Caroline's a pretty sizable part of this podcast. Like she is one of three hosts of a podcast. So a good one third of it, you could all you would hear is just Nicole makes a comment. Brasky says something clever and funny. <laughs> and then after a long silence, you would hear random cheeky joke of topical humor from Brasky that has no frame of reference anymore. So, okay. So Caroline is certainly a third of the podcast in terms of like amount taken up by her track. But in terms of substance, like what happens if you still released it? Boy, you know, that's, I would say, I would say we probably lose a good, you know, here's the thing, Nick, if you're going to, if you're going to go that route, then I'm going to go over and undermine you. I'm going to say we lose like 75% of the good content. In there. Yeah, that's what I meant. I want, that's what I was going for. <laughs> Although I will say this, I do have the two other tracks. So maybe that'll be like a bonus episode that we make available, like through some other platform. If, if we ever do a Patreon, that can be one of the tiers. What we'll do is I will, I will post that part of the podcast. And then instead of like the blank spots there, I'm going to have Nick just insert himself into the conversation. Just post. Don't, don't give me that kind of power. I, I'm going <laughs> I'm, I'm to, I'm going to abuse it. Um, well, it's, it's fine because we're now a real podcast because we have a secret episode. So yeah, oh, that's isn't that like, doesn't that make us like a very legitimate, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. you aren't a real podcast. So you have audio issues. Yeah, yeah. You know, that makes a lot of sense. Cause when I found that the, the audio track was lost, I heard a ping and then like an Xbox achievement thing popped up right on my cell phone. <laughs> Oh. Was it a person running by with a cardboard sign? <laughs> yep, he was just kind of like, "Hey, out here!" And he was just being like, "You bitch, like an achievement, secret episode." I was like, "Perfect!" Oh man, our fake Patreon folks are gonna love this. Real life achievements would be wild. <laughs> I know it would be so great. It, except like it would just be another thing that like you know those people that hang out by the streets and they have like the twirly signs, the signs that they just twirl around that have arrows that point you where to go. It would be that. It would be those folks like you unlock an achievement. All of a sudden, somebody shows up and is just twirling your achievement for two seconds and then runs back away. It's like put on pants seven days in a row. <laughs> just like run by <laughs> your window. <laughs> have either of you, you actually seen a sign twirler? Like in I the have wild? many times. Yeah, in fact, I have. okay, we don't have those here, so I've never seen one. All right. Well, new magic card that we need to find, Filipino sign twirler. It's not like mail that that I thought we didn't have, but we do. It's like we actually don't have sign twirlers. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we aren't saying inside jokes that we're establishing before we even start recording the podcast, we are, in fact, playing Magic the Gathering, which is why I always want to know how my week in magic has been when it comes to my awesome, awesome co-host. So how was the week in magic? Caroline, let's start with you. Uh, so the good news is I actually played Magic. Hooray. Oh, Achievement. Good job. Achievement unlocked. Uh, Portland assigned. I, cast, yeah. I know. I did cast week one of the playoffs with uh, Ellie of the Veil on Friday. That was super fun. Um, we got to see the top 16 play out, really follow the players that kind of rose to the top throughout the season number four, um, which was really uh, fun to do. And I have not actually been a part of playoff coverage in a while. 
no reason. Sad. Um, so it was nice to be to be able to participate in that. Uh, and then on Saturday, I did. I got up at the crack of dawn to play a Pioneer Super PTQ. Um, I'd been practicing Pioneer and Standard all week, so it was nice to kind of put that into practice. I had a really strong start, and then teetered like just the wheels fell off as is quite typical when I play magic tournaments, but um, overall I loved my deck list. Like I continue to still play it. I want to keep playing it again. It was just the red, black Arcanist list. Um, something that Nick sent me. So mm. I, I was happy with it. I would continue playing the deck. I like it. Uh, and then I did play the standard like MIQ thing uh, that those wheels just never made it onto the car. So <laughs> kind of easy cleanup, right? If the wheels never really made it on, they who, who really starts the off. engine without the wheels. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Well, that's the, the point. My engine didn't really get started. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I think you, I went like sat, one three. Like you just sat in a car on cinder blocks, like without an engine, just like. Yeah, I made some. Key... I made some engine noises when I got that first win. It was like, oh, rum, no. rum, rum, rum. The key, the key was in the ignition, but you even if you go, that doesn't mean the engine's starting. Yeah. Um, but then it did lead to a, a Sunday. Um, uh, that I haven't experienced in a long time, which is just like a magic-free Sunday. I desperately wanted to play the Pioneer Challenge, but for me, the, there are magic events I've played in that start at 7 a.m. my time, and they are certainly early, and I can prep, uh, I can kind of work my way around that, go to bed early, et cetera, et cetera. But the Pioneer Challenge on Sundays is at 6 a.m. my time, and I don't know... Other than the obvious that there's an hour difference, I don't really know what else is the difference for me, but that is a blocker. Like, it is not happening. I can get up at 7, I can make it work, 6 a.m., nope, not a chance, never. So I don't know what to do, because I love Pioneer right now, but it's just too early. It's so early. Um, so yeah, I end up playing No no Magic on Sunday. But sometimes it's a good thing. You know, you just sit there and be like, I, I had a good amount of magic to play on Saturday. And sometimes you wake up and be like, I could. Do, you know what? No, no, oh. I don't need to. I should say that I, <laughs> I should backtrack a little bit. The Pioneer PTQ that I was playing in, uh, I didn't win it, but um, a good friend of mine did. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, my, my boyfriend, Sam, won, uh, won in quotation. He, they have two winners. It's a very weird thing. Anyway. Uh, and so he was playing a cool deck that I was teaching him to play. He was playing with the John Sack deck. Nice. It was it was still like a successful day because I got to follow along and be excited. Well, it's awesome. It's awesome when we not only do well in Magic, but our friends in Magic do well in Magic as well, right? And so when we see other folks that we that we enjoy, that we care about, that we hang out with, do well in Magic, it's just it makes it that much more. It makes the weekend that much more enjoyable as well. Nick, how was your week in Magic? Um, I I played a lot of Magic this week, but nothing nothing special or unique. It's it's just like the normal amount of Magic that I've played in 2021, which is a lot. But one thing I will mention that I haven't talked about yet is that I I recently got a new job um, writing news strategy and and um, features for for a for like a a new Magic site, and so. I guess I'll talk about this a little bit more later when we talk about how, what I'm doing to improve my game. But I've just been focusing on on getting into content creation. You know, I'm not really ready to make videos or stream or anything, but I find that like just writing about magic is is a really good way to to improve. And I felt like I've gotten better at playing since I've been writing about the game. And I hope to do more of that. Heck yeah, yeah. I think you're you're absolutely right that there's there's other ways to stay engaged with a game beyond just simply playing it. Sometimes even then, if we're just jamming games or playing them, uh, we're not necessarily doing our best to improve at the game. Sometimes the best way that we stay engaged with what it is that we enjoy doing is sometimes just reading about it or strategizing with it or just trying to increase and, and help our mental side of the game as much as the like tangible card game playing style of the game. For sure. Yeah. You know, when it came to my week in Magic, um, I'll start this off. I, here's four words that I know Caroline's going to enjoy hearing. I'm a terrible person. Uh, the reason why is because uh, the, one of the commander groups I was playing, I developed, well, developed is a strong word. Uh, I went to the dark side and I created a Lavinia Azorius Renegade Stacks deck. Uh, a budget one, 
So it wasn't like super, super like expensive with a lot of the horrible, horrible stuff, but it still was very much a Staxi deck that was a lot of, uh, you don't get to play these specific cards anymore because that's all you ever play style of deck. But uh, I did like preface it and like clear it with the people I was playing with every single time I played a game. But it was still one of those things. It's like, yeah, this, this deck is powerful. This is amazing. I should feel terrible about playing this deck. Why do I not feel terrible about playing this deck? It's right. I'm a blue player. Okay. No, I feel fine. Uh, but that was kind of, that was what I spent most of my time over the past weekend doing was playing horrible stacks decks and EDH against other folks. Was there a safe word? Like when you were, when you were like <laughs> basically playing EDH? Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. The safe word was cultivate. They said oh. that and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll stop playing. That's, that's fine. They played that. I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to go bust out my cycling deck. Here's a locust God deck. And then you're fine. Whole breacher. Just kidding. I, and there so there is no way in the history of ever that your safe would word would be a green card. Yeah. Like, I right. just don't believe you. <laughs> this is, this is very true. Like, yeah, it's my safe word be, that Nick believed you. Isn't the, safe word, <laughs> isn't the safe word supposed to be something that wouldn't come up in normal conversation? So there's, it's unmistakable that, that they yeah, want. See, that's to stop. True. Yeah. Okay. So, Okay, I mostly wanted to point out that I knew that you wouldn't like the yeah. green card, but <laughs> see, well, see, what what this tells us is that you're both my friends, and you know, it's like that's very out of character. Something's wrong. Like you know, if I'm on a podcast and say, you know, guys, I was really enjoying playing some cultivate and a few other spots, it's like, oh, Brasky's in trouble. We need to like, He's been is it like the, the Twitter thing where you tweet like, I just ordered four foil cultivates today <laughs> oh my yeah. god brassy's been kidnapped <laughs> precisely like i'm gonna sit there and just play exactly those things it's like oh man let me tell you guys what's a great card escape shift someone's gonna be like someone get a hold of Br someone find him right what? Now. that could be in a blue deck no 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 there was, is a blue card it like, is a blue card shift decks were like heavy blue control decks oh yeah. i'm aware i'm aware that blue fraternizes with green every so often <laughs> but it tears me up inside but when uh, when I'm not doing that, I was uh, sitting back. I was still playing a bunch of cycling uh, in MTG, which I really, really am enjoying playing. It's the first deck that I've really found myself just like, oh, I really look forward to like opening the MTGA client and just playing a cycling deck. Hey, like, that's Nick, mm -hmm. do, do you think Nicole's available? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we've been waiting to do the to do the trio of Caroline, Nick, Nicole, right? Like we haven't done that yet, so it's true. Well, it's true. if 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 I break the audio when Brasky's here, it doesn't really bode well for <laughs> nah, nah, that's fine. Well, judging by how I like to enjoy the game of magic, everybody else, I'm going to be out of here in about, oh, I don't know, 30 seconds. So without further ado, here is my 20-minute diatribe on the wonders of Cruel Ultimatum. So what the thing about Cruel <laughs> I only joke, I kid, but... Though all the, the only other thing I'll bring up is that I've actually also really been enjoying seeing the spoilers come out for Time Spiral. Time Spiral Remastered looks like a really, really super awesome set. Uh, I'm definitely going to be like possibly purchasing a box and just holding on to it, waiting for post-COVID times to play it and draft and all that good stuff. But uh, that that's what I've been doing in the world of Magic is enjoying Time Spiral spoilers as well as playing terrible decks in EDH and just gesticulating in the wonders of cycling in MTGA. Can I can I admit something to just the two of you? Yes. Okay. Every, uh, hold on. Everybody else, uh, cover your ears. Unless you're driving, that would be dangerous. Your recording is is getting lost anyway, so you can say anything. That's true. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So when I first saw the announcement of Time Spiral Remastered, I thought it was a Moto set, and so I wasn't paying attention at all because that's what they call all the Moto sets whenever they like re-release something. They call yeah. them like so. I just like ah oh, whatever like cool cards will be available like they can draft nick will tell me it's good or something i don't know like that's so it's, like it's the first remastered set that will be printed on paper so you are i didn't know right. it was gonna yeah. be printed until recently and then i kept seeing like these like treasure crews with the old border and i was like well why would they do that on moto that seems like counter like productive <laughs> and now i've i've figured it out when <laughs> sam asked me if, if we should get a box to do pack wars and i was like that sounds so uh, yeah. fun, by the way. Like, and then, like, Google is like, oh, it's <laughs> Yeah, that sounds, that sounds equally amazing. Please tell me that, like, when Sam suggested that, you just went, <laughs> real funny, Sam. Oh, oh, you're serious. Oh, no. No, I, I, I don't like, I Googled first. <laughs> I, I checked. I was like, oh, this is a real set. I was like, this makes sense. They were going really ham on the spoilers. 
Like every content creator had like four cars, and I was like, "This is like a lot for like a moto set." I don't really get it. <laughs> well, there's there's going to be anyway, a lot. Everyone else can there. listen back in. You can clear them. Like- yep. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, no, we'll have to. Okay, everyone, make the gesture that they will only hear physical gestures. That they, okay, so there. See, and everyone's back. So now that we are uh, fully back, you're right. Time spiral is going to be a super fun set, but. Uh, you know, it's a ways away and it's going to be quite some time before we uh, can jump into the world of Time Spiral. So in between now and then, we're going to be engaging with the game of Magic the Gathering in other ways, probably in some sort of competitive way that we enjoy, which is why we always love to break down some of the upcoming events in the world of Magic. And for that, we're going back to Caroline Cavanaugh. That's me. Oh, that would be a missing key part of the last week's episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's part of relevant. He's like, they, they already happened, so it's fine. <laughs> anyway, this week we have three major events that I or me. We have three events that I wanted to highlight. <laughs> Don't get excited, they're not major. Um the first one is I'm gonna highlight an event that you cannot play in. <laughs> Just kidding. So it's it, the is it Altiora? Altiora 2K open. I've been calling it the LFM network open. So I, I really have no idea. But it's been put on by Jana's um like sponsor and the gaming gaming stadium, which is actually my local uh, like esports arena. Uh, it's a two K open. It capped within like four hours of registration being open. Um, so it's one hundred and twenty eight players uh, playing standard on Saturday morning at nine a.m. There is a wait list. If you choose to join the wait list, there is currently more people in the wait list than is actually registered in the tournament. So. Good luck. Have fun. Um, the events you can play in this weekend include on Saturday, Inspite, Insight Esports presents Tier 1 5,000K Standard Open. Um, 5K, sorry. 5,000K is like... 5,000K? It's 5 million dollars. <laughs> 5,000,000? Oh, no. I've lost my show notes. Okay. It's $5,000. <laughs> I didn't read this one. Um, Inside Tournament has Inside Esports has been hosting a couple different events over the last two months. Most notable are they are the same company that has been or is currently sponsored by, in quotations, I'm using them very heavily by Chipotle. Oh my god! So th- this is the same like the brawl thing, the like burrito brawl brawl thing. Like this is the same company that's been doing all these. Um, I don't know much about them but it's a $25 tournament um with a 5k prize pool well, it's standard and it's on saturday so these prizes are um, insane like am i am i wrong like 5k well i believe there's minimums they need yeah there, there's a bunch of rules you should definitely brush yourself up on this particular tournament and just do i would recommend do your personal research on this particular um company and just make sure that it is meeting the things that the expectations that you are expecting. Uh, that, that's kind of all I want to say, I think. <laughs> um, responsible, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but overall, um, their tournaments have existed and have fired, and they're pretty cool. <laughs> I don't think they ever get really close to getting the, the true prize support that is listed in their titles, is what I will say, because there's a lot of minimums to reach. So yeah, that's kind of what I would caution. For what it's worth, it doesn't say anywhere on the melee page um, that there's a minimum, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it, it makes I, sense that there would be. Yeah. Now, last time it did say minimum 75, and it only got up to 60. And I will yeah. say that the people registered for this event, there are significantly more recognizable names this time. So I I think it's, it's a legitimate event. Like, it wouldn't be on melee if it wasn't. But it is, it is a pretty cool thing that I would consider playing in. Though it is the same time as the. That said, um, don't expect five thousand thousand dollars. Just <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's well, a lot of that's a lot of Chipotle GCs. That's true. Yeah, yeah it's just one. It's just it's just. This, a, this one's also not saying that it's sponsored by. Also, maybe I'm just like wrong. I'm pretty confident I'm right though. This one doesn't say are. it's sponsored by Chipotle though. True. So they might have moved on from that deal. Wow! They, they wow! They just they just. Ended whatever chance I had of joining their thing by not being sponsored by Chipotle. <laughs> yeah, wait, anymore. you mean I can't win burritos? Not playing. Oh, God. Jeez. Okay. Okay. I did a little research while we were talking. It looks like they've pulled up a new sponsor that is a that actually sells singles. So this is tier one games is now. Gotcha. So it's it's a little bit different than before. Before I think they had a lot of like individual sponsors for their store. And now it's like they're 
it's e- Insight Esports presents, and then someone else is actually sponsoring it. It's a whole thing. Tournaments are weird. Anyway, moving on. Speaking of weird tournaments, what's next? No, this one's actually pretty consistent. The SCG PTQs are back. Uh, it's standard this weekend, to my knowledge. Uh, it's the classic uh, mini satellite events throughout Friday and Saturday, and then the normal early as ever tournament Sunday morning. It, it is a Strixhaven qualifier. Yep. I believe it is the first Strixhaven. I can join SCG. this now. Uh, yeah. Um, you can play, and you cannot play. Oh, yeah. No, you can play. Sam cannot play. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I think the, the SCGs have always been pretty good. Um, and I think that they are worth looking into if you have space in your weekend. Fantastic. Those are three awesome tournaments that folks can check out if they want to play stuff in the world of Magic the Gathering. Of course, those formats uh, are usually things like standard or historic or sometimes limited that are around there. But there's not format that's out there that uh, we wanted to give some attention to. And you might have you know heard it earlier in this podcast being played by folks like Inextrad and the Mighty Linguini. And that is Pioneer. And that's kind of what we wanted to talk about uh, this time around is that, you know, we're, we're paying a lot of heat and attention to, uh, you know, standard and historic and a lot of the limited spots. But Pioneer's got a lot of things going for it, especially in a in a post-ban world where, you know, Spy and Teferi and Undercity Informer and Uro and Wilderless Reclamation are gone. And so that's kind of what we want to touch on a little bit is just kind of dig into Pioneer a bit, talk about some of the, uh, the decks that we think are quite good, some of the things we've enjoyed playing, and maybe what's been... Uh, lying in the weeds, waiting to to kind of jump up as well. And so to kind of kick us off a little bit on this side of things is uh, in Extrad, Nick Price, who recently wrote an article about uh, some some of the decks in Pioneer to kind of give uh, a little bit of brief rundown on the format and where we'll just kind of start breaking down some things and kind of delivering our own insight as well. Yeah. So I mean, first of all, what's what I think is pretty awesome about the format right right now is it's like similar to modern where there were a lot of bands so i think we don't yet know which decks are tier one i think we have an idea about one or two of the tier one decks that carried over from the previous format but with uro gone with um the fairy gone i think that with wilderness reclamation like that was also a big part of the meta i think we're, we're still in that sweet sweet period where we're finding out what's good and what beats what what are the new cards from kaldheim that you know that that make new archetypes or that that add to existing archetypes that fill the hole that Uro left. So I'm extremely excited for Pioneer right now. And I also think it's I also think it's a really good time to be getting into Pioneer. I feel like every time I talk about a format, it's like Nick Nick is saying it's a good time to get into the format. But um aside from the bands, Pioneer has been getting a little bit more attention recently. It's the format for this month's uh, Mana Trader series. So that's like a month-long league with the with that card rental site where you you just play matches um, on that are paired on the Mana Trader site, and then you play it in the Modo client. And it's there's also going to be there. There was also just the Pioneer SPTQ that that Caroline talked about. So it does seem like Wizards is, is making a concerted effort to promote Pioneer um, as a competitive format because I, I do think it 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 had struggled um, to fill queues before um, the Uro ban. Nice. Yeah. Caroline, when you jumped into uh, playing some Pioneer this past weekend, you, know, you talked about it at the beginning of the podcast, uh, but what was your impressions of just how the format was playing out, the way some of the decks were playing, the way some of the decks were playing, including yours? Uh, and what is it that you that you liked about the format? And then, But is there other pieces of the format that you're like, okay, well, this is a bit different than some of the other formats I usually like playing in. What, what else was that about playing this past weekend? So for me, the struggle that I've had over the last couple of months is just like mental space in terms of like learning new things uh, and the general focus, uh, you know, especially September um, to the end of 2020 was just arena. Arena was just my, my focus with uh, both the VML and then also the Zendikar rising championships. And that led to really only two options, which is standard and historic. Uh, and while that was happening, Pioneer was starting to really spiral out of control. Um, the Oops All Spell decks was around. The similarities between Historic and Pioneer were getting too, for me, they were getting too cumbersome to learn the difference. And um, it, I just didn't feel the spark, literally, with uh, with uh, Pioneer. Um, I will say that I actually have always been into Pioneer. Like I played, I really like the mono green decks uh, originally. Um, I've played through a couple of different bannings. 
of cards that I was super into. Like I remember when um, Oath of Nyssa got banned. I was kind of annoyed because I was like, I like mm-hmm. this card. So I've, I've actually have been with Pioneer for a while. Uh, we were just on a break, you know, we were on a break, I promise. Um, and so then when the bannings came out, the, the biggest thing that I was most excited for with these new bannings from February 15th were like, what does Pioneer look like? Now, I'm not a big format definer. So I was definitely sitting on the sidelines being like, okay, everyone, let me know. Like, what does it look like? Uh, so last week, as I mentioned on the podcast that you'll never hear, I just forgot right now <laughs> that <laughs> I had challenged myself to do a league a day on Moto. Oh, I actually didn't talk. Yeah. Okay. So my biggest issues right now is arena was my focus in September to now. And I'm really starting to fall out of favor with arena because there's no stakes. I'm like a mind mindless zombie. When I play arena, I do 12 other things. I don't play well. I rely on the triggers. Like I'm just not paying attention and I wasn't really going anywhere. It was like really like a tedious chore. So I decided last week that I would accomplish the question of is magic a chore or am I just in a funk or whatever it is by challenging myself to play moto instead of arena. Because when you play on moto, it's there's actual stakes at at, at risk. So <laughs> at stake. <laughs> so I've been playing uh, a league a day and coming up to the weekend, I had two tournaments that I prepped for, both the Pioneer Super PTQ and the standard MIQ. I was playing standard on a, on Moto. That's like how you know I was really looking for a solution. <laughs> like I chose to play standard on, on Moto. Uh, and that went well for me. Like I did do my challenge. I did do a league each night. Um, I discovered, you know, the joys of Moto and also not the joys, but that's fine. And so when I was getting into Pioneer, I pulled up a deck list or like a dump of all the deck lists that I think 5 would And I know there's some 5 algorithms in these, in these dump li- deck lists. In the dump list. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I noticed. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I love that. The old... uh, what do you call this? Well, this, this, this deck list is a load of crap. It's a dump list. Yeah, it shows what you think of the format. We can end the episode. That's what, that's that's what we're going to. Every time Brasky shows up with a Grixis deck, it's Caroline a dump list. Caroline Kavanaugh says Pioneer is a dump format. You have, you, you have a website now. You might actually post that article. Yeah. There you go. News yeah. with Nick. Uh, so I went through and I noticed the first thing I noticed was Pioneer was wide open. Like mm-hmm. I understand that these deckless dumps are curated. Like there's some algorithms where they won't show if more than one Tron list top, you know, five O they won't show it. Like I get that, but there were still have a heck of a lot of different unique lists and, and um, they did have to five O they don't just get on there for free. So I saw a ton of things. And the other thing I saw was like literally the graveyard of standards past. Like there's just an Omnath deck that had the escape to the wilds and there's just all of these old standard decks just floating through the 5-0 deck list. And I was like, okay, like clearly it's now it's, you know, it's time to shine, time to figure out like what's going on. So um, that was key. That was huge to me. Like I didn't pull it up and just see like Re- Wilderness Reclamation and Uro and just all over, you know, and an unenjoyable amount of magic cards. So um I can talk about what I did play. I mean, just yeah. just like just to support, just to support what you were saying that it's wide open. I mean, in the the pioneer SBTQ that that um, that Sam won, like, <laughs> there were six different there were six different archetypes in the top eight. Like that's that's yeah, that's, that's amazing. Lot. And yeah, you, you know, before there would be like four different archetypes in the top eight, but all of them would have Uru. <laughs> you know, so like yeah. there are also maybe it looks like there are about twelve different archetypes in top 16 so in, in a big tournament like this like the format being wide open is really something that i look for and it's going to make more people excited to play it i think well the thing that's super interesting is it's wide open after a huge shakeup. like this is the first this was one of the first like big pioneer events like other mm-hmm. than the challenges yeah and sometimes the thing that happens in new formats like new stand like week one of standard you actually get a pretty narrow metagame because there isn't that many choices and people haven't um, discovered new decks yet. So the fact that like the first big event has 12 of 16 unique archetypes in the top 16 is kind of insane. Like I understand it is based on a bigger card pool. It's not standard. Like I I can hear all your arguments, but my point is that's, 
that's a situation that can just go get better from there. Or yep. the scary part is if it gets worse. But we'll we'll let you know if it gets worse. And that was their goal, really. I think that was the main goal in banning Uro. It's just that Uro was a really good card, and it really narrowed down what you could play in a format with Uro. Like, you either had to play an Uro mid-range strategy or a deck that was made to beat Uro. But on this, like, this top eight list, I'm seeing just a whole bunch of different archetypes that do completely different things and have, like, different engines. So it's it's awesome. So, sorry, Caroline, you are going to say what you played? Like... Yes, yeah, so leading up to the tournament, I was playing with some friends, and they were all on this pretty fun-looking Jun Sacrifice deck. Um, and the biggest winner in Pioneer versus Historic with Jun, or even Standard with, with Sacrifice, is Catacomb Sifter. There's a card that you did not think I was going to follow up with the biggest winner. <laughs> it is a 2-3 Devoid, one green and a black uh You mean Taylor Sift? Yeah. When it comes into <laughs> when it comes into play, you make a one-one uh, scion, which can be sacked for colorless. So it's it's a woe strider on on steroids because it also every creature that dies scries. So it's like it, it's just it's basically a, a, a first through fourth woe strider, and then the woe strider is like your fifth through eighth <laughs> woe strider. And um, so the deck has that going for it. Uh, plays a slightly different. I think it plays Cutthroat instead of, you know, I think Historic has Blood Artist. Like, it plays yeah. a similar two-drop drain effect. Those those cards are actually not that key to the deck. Like, often they get sided out. They're pretty weak. They're um, they're easy to hate out. So they're really not a linchpin to... Lin, linchpin? Mm-hmm. Linchpin. Um, a keystone, if you will. <laughs> so, yeah. That was the deck that everyone was focused on. And I did play it um, to medium effect. I understand the concepts. I've actually played a lot of it in Historic. But it just wasn't clicking with me. And... Uh, I've been a huge component of of liking and being excited about a deck that you're going to play, um, regardless of where you think it is in the meta. And so I last kind of, not last minute, like Friday night, I registered for the tournament uh, and I registered Red Black Arcanist because that is a deck that is a little bit more similar to the historic version, that's for sure. Um, and then on top of that, it's, it's just something I love. Like I'm terrible at it because when all of your deck is one or two mana spells, there's a large room for error, but uh, every decision that I make, even if it is wrong, I've enjoyed learning why it's wrong or trying to figure it out or um, just the challenge that comes with that deck is pretty cool. So I switched to that deck and, you know, went to like a medium four or three, something, something I did not finish the tournament with. I can tell you that much, but I enjoyed myself and I enjoyed watching a couple other people um, win with the, the Jund deck. So, Nice. Nick, if there's a couple other decks that stand out to you in the format, what else stands out to you? Well, so I, I do think that I do think that Rakdos Arcanist is is kind of the best deck right now. Um it didn't it didn't lose it, it, it's a combination of it already being a decent archetype before the bannings. It didn't lose anything in the band, so like the decks around it got worse. And it got some really important cards from Kaldheim and Zendikar Rising that that like made it kind of a tier one archetype right now. So I think if you're if you're looking to play Pioneer, you might want to start with that. But, but like I've been, I've been sharing um like decklist pictures with with um with the pod, and th- there's just a lot of wild things that you can do in Pioneer right now. So, so there's a blue black deck. You know, I'm just gonna describe some of the archetypes. There's a blue black control deck that is a take on the banned inverter list, but instead of inverter and Thassa's Oracle, it wins the game with Valky and Release to the Wind. So Release to the Wind is a three mana instant from Rivals of Ixalan, I want to say that um, it two in a blue, like exile, target non-land permanent, its opponent may cast it without paying its mana cost. So basically, like you play Valky, uh, you, yeah, you, you, you play Valky makes... on turn two, you take their best creature. Someone did this against me, yeah, and, I was and then confused. on the end of your turn three, you, you release to the win your own Valky, and next turn, you cast it as Tibalt. So you, you have a turn four Tibalt, and that's like usually enough to win the game. That did well. That has been doing okay in the challenges. There's also a five-color Enigmatic Incarnation deck. Um, Enigmatic Incarnation is a four-mana enchantment from Theros Beyond Death, which is basically Birthing Pod, but it only turns (laughs) enchantments into creatures and not the other way around. So you need a mix of both enchantments and creatures of different mana curves to get your engine going. Non-creature enchantments, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's um its top end is Yarok, um Kenrith, 
it, you know that that kind of thing it, it's pretty wild and it also did well oh it also has path of the world tree renegade rallyer which is a pretty sweet combo and there's also a five color a four color fires of invention uh transmogrify deck that curves Essica's chariot or raven's warning tokens into agent of treachery so you can also do that so like there's just so much you can do and all of these decks that i've described are good what about the winota deck that did quite well in the challenge oh you mean thopter winota yeah <laughs> yeah there's also there, yeah there's also a mashup like artifact winota deck where you play thopter engineer and Ezekiel's chariot and you you can you can make, give Ezekiel's chariot haste and you copy a thopter like when it comes into play and then wait you have minute, winota and then you win so you're saying that there's a winota deck that has vehicles no and it this has... deck is not called and this oh, deck yeah. is not called winota rider come on oh yeah Come on. Let's go. Wow, Brasky's got, got a good point on that one. Okay, gonna, wait, wait, wait. I, 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 have a, I have a comment, though. Okay, so you've heard from Nick, right? Nick has said a sentence, which is, you can play a deck and then just, just replace everything he said with a sentence of, it can play any number of mana as long as it has Essica's Chariot in it. <laughs> That's yeah. basically what I heard. <laughs> okay, or you can play red-black cards... <laughs> that Willie Idol says are good. <laughs> oh, that deck! I, I I forgot that deck existed because it, it was so. Well, bad. my favorite thing about this deck, this uh, he won the standard challenge, or sorry, the pioneer challenge, I believe, on Sunday. He did, yeah. Uh, so you can go back and look at this deck list. But the thing that I want to highlight, and it's just a really quick thing, Nick shows me the deck list yesterday. He goes, Caroline, look at this. Look at this pile of magic cards. It's not an Arcanist deck. Like it's just a pile of red black magic cards. And he goes, look at the four drops. There's two Hazarets, which beats half the format. And then there's two Kalitas, which beat the other half of the format. How could you go wrong? Yeah, <laughs> so, there you, you go. I think Rick's Mighty Reveler to discard the bad oh, right. four drops to draw the I good forgot, four drops. Yeah. I forgot the so best part of that. You have 100% win rate against the field. Yep. That's how Can't Matt miss, works. can't lose. Yeah. I mean, what you should really conclude from this, like, we didn't even really touch the bucket, like, let alone a drop in the bucket. We didn't even get to the bucket of all the other decks that you can play that I legitimately think are doing well and people are performing with either in leagues or challenges or beyond. So I think Pioneer is wide open. I think it's an exciting place to be. Um, and I think you should check it out. So... Caroline and Brasky, we we talked a couple of weeks ago about how we were, were like we were concerned about the sameness of historic and pioneer. So Caroline, after having played the format more since the bandings, how do you feel about that that issue or or concern? I mean, okay, so I have to be a little honest. One of the one of the hardest things for me is that one is on moto and one is on arena, and they're not on. You can't play the opposite. So visually, they're just, they're just always different. So I have a hard time when people say they're the same format because they're just not to me. Like, Historic is just an arena thing. The cards look fancy. They do all shiny things, whatever. And then Pioneer is just a moto format. So I've never had an issue with overlapping them. But where I am struggling is remembering what's legal in Pioneer. <laughs> um, that one's been a little bit harder. Like... Burn spell wise, when I'm playing against the red deck, I'm like, oh crap, which card do they have here? Or like counter spell, like which counter spells do they have access to? Um, or like I was playing against an elves deck and I was like, well, do they have elves of deep shadow? Is that legal? I don't know. <laughs> so that's the, the trouble I run into. Whereas in historic, the window of when historic or when arena started is so clear in my mind. Like I know what sets are on arena. So I have, and I played all of those sets quite actively the whole way through. So I have a much better understanding of like, okay, this is a historic card, or they randomly added it to historic, like Phyrexian Tower. Yeah. It's like one thing where you're playing and all of a sudden it's like, wait, that card is ferocious? How does that have ferocious? Oh, wait, no, I'm in Pioneer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I don't mind, the sameness has not come up. But that's really a visual bug for me, right? Because the John Sack deck is actually quite similar to the regular Sack deck, but it just visually looks so different that it's not even on the table for me to be the same. That's even though they're I, like, like yeah, that's... 65 cards of the same. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm fine with it. I'm having... And Nick, I'd be interested in your input because when I, you know, in my cursory glance yeah, and kind of researching some cards... Well, I just got your opinion and I, I accepted yeah, but your clearly opinion. clearly it wasn't interesting. 
I thought it was quite good and interesting. So now I'm interested in the other side of the opinion. But with the one thing I noticed from it was like in doing my kind of research and how the what the format and how things are going in the format, I still see a lot of things that I still see a lot of Luris. I still see a lot of Yorion. I still see, you know, Winota. So is it, you know, in your opinion, is it also, is it true that it's a, even though the visual side of things can definitely set it apart, make it different, is it still too similar in terms of its, in, in how you compare and contrast historic and uh, pioneer? Yeah, I think, I think I, I do have, I, I do still have some lingering concerns about, about the decks looking very samey. I mean, the deck I've played the most is Arcanist and, and the, the historic Arcanist deck and the Pioneer Arcanist deck are about, I want to say, like four or five cards different. So, so it doesn't really affect me me playing the decks because obviously I know whether I'm on Arena or Magic Online, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna draw an Orborg in Pioneer and try to use it like a Phyrexian Tower. Like that's not the issue. It's just more like it. It, it becomes weird, harder, I think, for newer players to be able to distinguish between the two, and it it makes it harder, I guess, maybe to choose which deck, which format you want to play. But I guess I don't know. It. I, I think we'll see. We'll, I'll I'll know more how I feel about it as the format kind of gets rid of the the trash decks as the as like in a couple of weeks, and we know like what's tier one, what's tier two. Obviously, I'm not really looking forward to that time because I'm interested in this open format, but. So, I mean, so far, it looks like you can play anything, and there are a lot of different decks in Pioneer that I haven't yet seen in Historic. So it, it's looking good, but I still have some concerns. That's really interesting. So if you, uh, having played you know, some, some of the competitive parts of the format this past weekend, uh, the both of you, Caroline, I'll start with you. Uh, if you were going to go in this weekend now, uh, saying that there was, you know, so there was a, a PT or even then, you know, some sort of... Um, you know, pro tour esque event well, there, that's happening. Yeah, there is. There's, there's there the is. showcase. Yeah, yeah there's a, we, the showcase challenges. Yeah. Oh, we, well, then, great. Why don't we talk a little bit about it, but also what we would play if we were going to be participating in it? You had something else to say, Caroline. No, that, that Nick and I said the same thing at the same time. That we did, we haven't gotten to the next part, which was the reason we're highlighting this is there is a showcase weekend. Um, okay, table your question for a second. We should talk about this. A couple of weeks shut, ago, shut we it, did. Grasky. <laughs> it was a canadian way of saying shut up Rasky. put a pin <laughs> in that let's put a pin in that first let's put that on the back burner there we're gonna be fine shut up okay so we're gonna reference an old episode so if you haven't listened to this episode and you're intrigued by this concept of pioneer and moto and all that uh we highly recommend episode insert this episode. yeah insert the number that actually was in your <laughs> it's head. like an alexa uh, voice episode like episode 58. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that all works out in post. Um, anyway, it's our it's our moto highlighting episode. It was a very cool episode. But one thing we really didn't cover, and mostly because it was an extremely long-winded and confusing ex- explanation anyway, was something called uh well the mocks, the moto online championship magic series. Online, magic online championship magic series. online yeah magic online championship series <laughs> moto online that's like saying atm machine it's an automatic television machine <laughs> this is the tournament this is the tournament that nick played one of the tournaments that nick played back in november uh and the way to qualify the, for the mocks is first step one you have to get 40 qps that's one of the imaginary currencies that moto has one of many which we told you about you can do that through just playing consistently in leagues. You'll get like two or three at a time. Uh, or you can play preliminary events every weekday. There's a bunch of those. They give large chunks of QPs based on your record. Um, so 40 is the number you care about. So once you get 40, that's step one. Step two is you pay attention to something called showcase weekends. They're not every weekend. They're usually every two or three months, Caroline says with confidence. Question mark? Maybe one or two months. They're they're at a rate of frequency yes. which is unknown. <laughs> so it is un- it is unknowable. They replace the normal weekend challenges, and we did mention these events before. But these are just every weekend at six a.m. on a Saturday morning Pacific time. There's a standard challenge, and and this happens every Saturday. This Saturday, that event is being replaced with something called the Standard Showcase. And it is no longer just a $30 ticket entry fee. It is instead 
a 40 QP, so you need 40 QPs to enter. You don't actually also have to pay tickets, right? Just QPs. <laughs> I think just QPs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. it's a it's a different tournament. You enter with 40 QPs. And if you top eight that event, just top eight, nothing else, uh, you then get to play in a even cooler special standard event a couple weeks from this weekend. And if you win that event you get to go to the mocks how close was i yes I, that, i'm close that is, enough that is asymptotic to what it actually is like you'll never so get 100 percent accurate but you're close so to rehash the differences you have to get 40 qps and you can do that in many ways and you should do your own research on how to do that then you play in the showcase challenges which are coming up this weekend then you play in a small like 20 30 person moto event and then if you win, you go to the mocks. So it's a four-step process. <laughs> Easy peasy, four steps to go to the mocks. Um, and so the reason we highlight that is this weekend, there are a bunch of showcases, uh, including Standard, Modern, Legacy, Vintage, Pioneer, and Limited. Popper. Got there. <laughs> oh, probably Popper. Maybe not yeah. Vintage. But there's there's a lot. Um and you should ch check out the schedule. You can Google uh, Showcase Challenge Schedule Moto. That usually gets me to the right place. Um, and then the Pioneer one for me is actually at that 6 a.m. time that I talked about earlier in the show mm -hmm. about how it's at 6 a.m. Sunday and 6 a.m. is like a, a blocker for me. Like it's so, for some reason I can't do six, but I can do seven. So I'm not really sure what I want to do on that because I really like Pioneer, but I'm not confident I can pull that off. So I might just play the limited one because it's a couple hours later. I think it's like 9 a.m. my time. Um, but yeah, that's my goal this week is to get 40 QPs. And if I was to play in the Pioneer one, uh, I would still play the Red Black Arcanist deck because I like it. I need to improve myself. I need to get better at it. Um, and it doesn't, you know, people have ley lines, but I'll make it work. <laughs> nice. So. Nick, if you were jumping in this weekend, what would you play? Um, I would also play Arcanist. Uh, or, I mean... I would just I would continue playing Arcanist. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, sweet stuff going on, and I want to try those things in leagues. But if I'm going for a competitive event, I want to have some combination of like four Thoughtseize, three Duress, four Fatal Push. You know, like I I want the cheapest and most efficient interactive spells in the format. And you know, it, it, Arcanist is also just one of the best finishers in the format. It's banned in Legacy, so if you still want to play Legacy, but but don't want to Played Legacy without Arcanist. Just play Pioneer with Arcanist, and that's Legacy. Gotcha, gotcha. So knowing that uh, you're both playing Arcanist, what do I play then to counter you? Um, something with four Leyline of the Void in the sideboard. So I was you could play like Crixus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you could play Mono you Black could play Vampires. The red black, you could play the Red Black uh, Willy Idol deck. They, oh yeah, Leyline. That pile of cards. There you go. Great. I will play piles of cards. That's what I will do. Uh, jumping into Pioneer. I'm just going to show up with a pile of cards and say, I win. And then I will actually lose and say, well, that was fast. <laughs> and what good. won't be fast, what won't be fast, obviously, is this podcast episode because there was so much great content to it. We just gave, and just gave you a total awesome rundown of the Pioneer format. So we want you to jump into that format and give it your best shot. Of course, when you are going to do that, that means you're going to be improving at the game as well, which is how we always like to finish out these episodes is to let folks know what we're going to be doing to get better at the game of Magic and where folks can find us doing so. Caroline, where can people find you playing Magic or otherwise? Uh, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Mighty Linguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y-L-I-N-G-U-I-N-E. You can find me on Instagram at the Mighty Linguini, and you can find me on twitch.tv slash the Mighty Linguini. I stream on Wednesdays and Saturdays. I always have a magic guest, but we don't always play magic. Nice. And Nick, what about you? Um, I'm going to be playing a, a bunch of Pioneer decks. I'm, I, I didn't make it in last month's Modern Mana Traders series event, so I'm going to work extra hard to, to make it into the, the kind of Swiss tournament uh, by by doing well in this qualifying phase throughout the beginning of March, and the format is Pioneer, so I'm excited. And you can find me talking about that and Caldheim Limited on Twitter at inextradmtg. And you know, if you want to read some of my my news uh, features and guides, you can find my writing on mtgrocks.com. Mtgrocks. Nice. Of course, you can find me on the world of Twitter and Twitch at Brasky1142. And when I'm not uh, jumping in and playing some horrible, horrible decks in EDH, you'll find me 
maybe even uh, doing some streams of playing those awesome cycling decks in the world of standard and possibly beyond. And that's, of course, going to do it for us for this episode. Of course, if you like this episode, you can go ahead and subscribe to it. You can leave us a like, maybe even a review on any of the podcast platforms that you uh, listen to us on. Of course, if you find out more about our organization, Swagoy Gaming, you can find us at swagoy.com, S-W-A-G-O-I.com, and tweet at us your impressions of Pioneer and where you think it's going to go by tweeting at us at Swagoy Gaming, S-W-A-G-O-I Gaming. If you leave a review, Brasky will will send you a custom-built uh, EDH deck uh, built around the Grixis Commander of your choice. Yes, I absolutely will do that. I will. The first person to leave us a, a, a verbal written review in a podcast platform has to tweet at Swagoy Gaming, and I will build you some type of awesome Grixis EDH deck. That is a promise that I will make right here, right now. Okay, and is this the spot where you play the like automated voice saying all promises made on podcasts will not be held to legal, blah, 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 blah. We're not actually going to do that? Yes, exactly that. It, it, it explicitly as you just say, stated it. So okay. there will be the blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. That's, that's proper legalese that goes Are in you, there. Okay, well. nice. You just have to do backslash S, that's all. Yeah, that's right. See? Yeah. Okay, I, which I only learned recently. <laughs> So someone said something that I thought was kind of mean and then it said backslash S and I was like, crap, this is something I don't understand. Do I get upset? Do I just wait? Maybe. What do I do? Research out. Oh no. But we all know that uh, our folks are going to do their research by always listening in to Friends in Magic so that they can be well-informed in the world of Magic the Gathering and engage with the game the right way. And we're going to be certain to talk with you next week as we continue our wonderful engagement with the world of Magic. See you then. Bye-bye.